back to Who's There? I'm your host, as always, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Most of us are just regular people living pretty boring lives, usually, who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. I'm thrilled to share my conversation with you lovely people because this week I had the opportunity to speak with an awesome horror fan who hails from Canada named Janai. She's a baker by trade, so she's considered an essential worker, and she told me how that has contributed to her decision not to watch any pandemic movies during 2020, understandably. She's also part of the Horror Virgin family on Facebook, which is how we met. She talked about how watching horror movies was a family affair growing up, what her favorite subgenre of horror is, and why she absolutely loves haunted house movies despite the fact that she's a skeptic, even after living in a haunted house once, supposedly, I guess. Her unpopular horror opinion will surprise you, but her all-time favorite horror movie won't, in a good way. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into this conversation with Janai. Hey, Janai, how are you? Hi, I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being here. Um, do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, so I'm a baker uh, by trade. I've been doing that for uh, just over a decade. Massive horror fan, massively uh, into like vintage stuff. Um, I have a uh, two Boston Terriers, and uh, I really like plants and miniature villages. <laughs> cool. So first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Okay, so I've been thinking about this one, and it's it's really hard to just kind of um, bring it down to one. Uh, but I would say, uh, and I know a lot of people uh, who have come on the show before have already mentioned this, um, So, uh, but I'm going to say The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, for sure. That, that is definitely a fan favorite on this podcast. Yeah. And so, and I finally just watched it last week. So now oh, I know. What did you all. think of it? I thought it was really good. Um, I think the graphic, like the, it's not CGI, but all the practical effects, all the gore is just so silly. But um, yeah. it was, it was entertaining. So okay. at first I had listened to other podcasts talk about uh, the things, but I didn't remember it. And at first I was like, why are they trying to kill that dog in the beginning? I was like, <laughs> don't kill the dog. And then, I, <laughs> and then I, and then I remembered, I was like, oh wait, I think, spoiler alert, I think that's the thing. And I didn't tell my friend that I was watching it with. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. And just, just so everyone knows, we both had COVID tests before we hung out. So don't give me shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So no, I did. I liked it. Um, I might watch the prequel, but I don't know. After the horror virgin pandit, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the prequel. Um, I've been putting it off because, again, I think the thing is a near perfect movie, and uh, I'm not against prequels or remakes and things like that. Like I'm always willing to give something a chance, but um, especially since since John Carpenter's The Thing is technically a remake. Um, of an older film, but uh, I just, I, again, like you said, after listening to their episode, I was like, no, this seems unnecessary and a rehash and just the CGI is what really bothers me because what makes the thing so um, uh, timeless is the amazing uh, special effects. Like they're so, I, I mean, I know you said that they were a bit silly, but for the time they were incredibly groundbreaking and I still find them to be quite gross. Um, I'm not easily grossed out by things, but when they, um, when they have like the spider head and he, and you know, and he's crawling across the floor, it just freaks me out still. Like it's yeah. so well done. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know, has, 
Andy Muschietti ever said that's where he drew inspiration from for this the spider head in It Part Two, I think it was. Maybe. Um, it's very, I'm gonna very be similar. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I I keep falling asleep to that movie in Part Two. So it's very long. So it's yeah, and it's just it doesn't grab me. Like I read the book um, shortly before the first film came out. Uh, because it was a big blind spot for me in uh, the Stephen King, um, uh, like his books. And uh, I found the book to be absolutely incredible. I really enjoyed it very much. And I just, I couldn't get into the movies. I think I should have just watched the movies and then read the book. (sighs) Yeah, I feel like a lot of people who read the books first don't like the movies as much. So how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? So, um, my entire family is, uh, very much into movies. Um, and my aunt was a big horror movie fan. Um, and I remember, and, and my dad, um, also likes horror and sci-fi and my mom likes those sort of, um, I'm not really sure what genre to put them in, but those really strange kind of movies like Angel Heart, um, sort of like dramatic horror sort of things. And so growing up, um, I was allowed to watch anything they were watching, which please don't judge them. They're very good parents. Um, But it was the 80s. And I think a lot of us just kind of were allowed to sit around and watch Hellraiser at like seven. Um, (laughs) But my parents always made an effort to explain how things were done so that I wasn't afraid. So um, for example, when we were watching uh, Deadly Friend, which is a terrible movie, but it's a Wes Craven, so I recommend it. Uh, there's a there's a scene. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but there's a very graphic scene with lots of blood, and it, it's a terrible effect. It doesn't hold up at all. But when I was a kid, I was like, "That's so cool! Like, I want to know how they did that." So my parents would do their best, and they they weren't involved in in the industry or anything, but they did their best to try to explain. Okay, well, you know, they used fake blood, and they and you know these are dummies or whatever. And so just kind of growing up with my whole family, just really into horror movies and sci-fi. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, it was uh, it was just ever present, so it was just sort of natural. Yeah. Do you all get together and watch horror movies, you know, before COVID? <laughs> um, I tried to. Uh, so my aunt and my mom have since passed, but uh, my dad and I, uh, before COVID, um, because I'm trying to keep my distance with him uh, because he's a, a diabetic and so I don't want to get him sick because I'm still working. Um we uh, we have a lot in common, so we'd get together still and watch movies and go shop for records and go to thrift stores and stuff. So, uh, it's, I, and he'll call me when there's a movie on television and say, oh, this is on. And I'm like, dad, I don't have TV, I have streaming. <laughs> but he doesn't quite seem to remember how that works. <laughs> so he'll call me and say, this movie's on. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll find it on the internet, dad. I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. My parents also still have basic cable or you yeah. know, cable package. And I'm like, I haven't had that in 10 years. So yeah. Yeah. There's no point to it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Every, everything is streaming online, but I won't get rid of my DVDs because sometimes the internet goes down and you just yeah. need something else to do. Well, uh, I got rid of a bunch of VHSs uh, years ago and, um, I, I regret it 
because I still have some, um, some of my favorite, uh, and they're pretty much all horror, except for me, I'm looking at them right now. I think maybe like four of them are not horror and those are like the Naked Gun movies. But um, yeah, I just really regret it because I had some really good ones and I had some old like um, uh, Kung Fu movies that I can't find anymore. Um, so yeah, don't get rid of your DVDs or your, or, or your uh, uh, Blu-ray or anything quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not going to. I did give away all of my VHSs several years back. So I was like, I'll never need those again. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that they could one day be like decorations or something, but. Yeah, well you can do, um, now I don't have it, but I, but you can convert them to digital now. So mm. you can buy like a converter to do it, but I just haven't done it because I, I have no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know that you said before we started recording that you're a skeptic, but you mentioned your aunt before and that your aunt's house was haunted. Can you talk about that? Yes. Uh, so um, one of the things that scares me the most is ghosts, but I don't believe in ghosts. Um, I know that sounds weird, but if they were real, that's something that would frighten me. And I think it's because uh, when I was a kid, um, my aunt used to tell us that her house was haunted. And uh, I lived at her house for a couple months uh, briefly while we were moving from the country to the city. And um, so uh, it, strange things would happen in this house, like toilets would randomly flush, lights would turn on and off, which are, you know, very easily explained. But then um, you'd hear people talking who were not in the house. Uh, you would hear um, animals in the basement and we'd go downstairs and look. And uh, the, the only animals my aunt had at the time were dogs and we'd hear like cats. And so we thought, okay, there's a stray cat in the house. And we'd go down and there was nothing. All the windows were sealed up. Um, a couple times uh, when we were sleeping, um, we'd get like nudged. Somebody would like push us. And uh, this one is um, still freaks me out, but I'm not afraid of clowns, but there was uh, this clown doll that my cousin had and uh, I was sleeping in her room because again we were in between houses and so I didn't have my own room in her house and uh, it was one of those wind-up dolls and uh, sometimes they kind of go off a little bit like you'll hear a couple of chimes but this one would go off in the middle of the night and play like the whole song and so it was sitting on the shelf in her room and it moved at the same time, it would, it would sort of move in like a circle and, and play the song. And the thing would constantly go off, but only in the middle of the night. So I don't think it was something wrong with the toy because we couldn't get it to do it in the day. So um, yeah, my aunt just insisted that that house was haunted until the, until the day she moved from it actually. So, and uh, she claimed to be a skeptic as well. She always said, oh, I'm an atheist but I believe my house was haunted, <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Were you ever scared to be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. I was, I was such a scaredy cat as a child. I was a highly anxious, very uh, gullible child uh, at the mercy of an older brother and two older cousins who would terrorize me. So, yeah, I was scared all the time. <laughs> oh, um, so how are you still a skeptic if you, like, lived in a haunted house for a few months? Uh, I can't really explain that. <laughs> uh, well, because I guess because um, 
when I was in my teens, uh, I was really, really into ghosts and the supernatural and the occult and things like that. Um, and, uh, but my dad's a skeptic and my dad always said, question everything, question authority, question, the, you know, the government, question your teachers, uh, and, and question like religion and, and things like that. And especially people who try to like, uh, you know, um, sell you things for money, uh, reading fortune and stuff. <clears throat> On the flip side, um, my mom was kind of, um, I hesitate to say my mom was a witch, but because she was a Christian, but she practiced witchcraft. So she would read like tea leaves and tarot cards and was really into crystals and stuff like that. And she believed in ghosts. So I was right smack in the middle of those two. Uh, so I think that kind of influenced me to be very open to things, but also skeptical of people saying, hey, you know, um, here, like I can read your fortune or I can, uh, you know, contact your uh, loved ones who's, who have passed on um, for, you know, 30 bucks or whatever. And so I used to go um, like ghost hunting and I was trying to be so terribly scientific about it. And in retrospect, it was not. But um, I tried really hard to find ghosts, uh, to contact spirits, you know, uh, Ouija board, EVP, like everything. Um, and my partner and I, um, we've been together for just about 20 years now. And uh, we used to also do it when we first got together as well. And found nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, try as I might. I've had a couple strange experiences that I can't explain, but I'm hesitant to say for sure it was a ghost because um, until I'm experiencing an afterlife, I don't think that I'm going to be fully convinced. Totally valid. That's a good explanation. Um, I actually have, I don't know if you can see it. I can't, I've questioned everything tattooed on my arm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. See, that's a good motto to live by. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a Green Day lyric and Green Day is my favorite band. So oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's why I have it. And I don't ah. like it already. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So why do you think people who seem perfectly sane love the genre? So I think that um, there's a couple of reasons and I know some of them have been brought up um, by previous guests. And I, I think I'm gonna just kind of re reiterate uh, some of those answers, but it is partially, um, I think, because it gives us a way to um, work through our fears and social taboos and things that you know frighten us um, in a safe way. But I also think uh, that um, a lot of horror fans um, were, uh, and, and oh, I can't remember his name now, it's uh, your past guest uh, from Final Destination. Um, uh, Jeffrey Reddick. Thank you. Yes, uh, I was drawing a blank on his name. So he brought up a really good point um, that a lot of us were kind of outsiders at one point uh, as children. No, not all, but just I find I, I agree with him that a lot of us, um, you know, we're not necessarily the popular kids or we were very fearful children or, you know, um, feeling powerless. And I think being able to work through those fears safely through watching horror movies and reading horror books um, is a way to feel empowered, but also it's very uh, solution oriented. So 
no matter how terrible something can get in your life, according to horror movie logic, for the most part, aside from the very bleak ones, um, there's always a, a light at the end of the tunnel. There's always a way to overcome the monster or the situation that you're in. And I think that's really helpful. I think that helps people kind of get through their day or get through their trauma. And I think that's why um, a lot of people are drawn to, to horror on a personal level, aside from uh, on a larger social scale, which is just simply working through, you know, um, difficult topics that uh, we don't like to face directly. Yeah, that's a great answer. I know you said before that you love Stephen King. What's your favorite Stephen King novel? And uh, what's your favorite horror novel by another author? So his favorite Stephen King novel, um, I'm going to say, uh, and I don't know if it was written under um, his Bachman name or if it was under his actual uh, Stephen King, but uh, and, and I'll be honest, it's been a while since I read it, but it's, it's, I've read it probably, oh geez, like six times at least. Um, I would say Desperation. Uh, Desperation is, is fantastic. I hope it holds up. I haven't read it in about like five or six years, but I remember it just really gripping me. And then The Regulators is, is, is the sister story to it. And I'm, I'm pretty positive that one's written under Bachman. And so I really quite like those two. Um, and then as far as uh, a horror novel uh, by somebody else, um, hmm, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, too. <laughs> <laughs> I usually read a lot of nonfiction, so... Uh, Do you ever read any, like, books about haunted places? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not for a, a while, because... Um, I, like I said, in my teens, in my early 20s, I was really into, like, I read, um, you know, all up on Ed and Lorraine Lor uh, Warren, who I think are were frauds, but at the time, I was very interested in them. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, and I, it, so before uh, COVID, um, we wanted to do a trip, uh, my partner and um, his sister and her husband, because uh, we all get along quite well. We wanted to do a road trip through uh, New York State to go to, because there's like a festival, a music festival, um, that's obviously going to be canceled now. But on the way there and back, we wanted to hit up some of the haunted places, um, because his sister is terrified of ghosts. And I think that would be really fun. And I think that I would actually you know, um, enjoy that. And, and I would probably actually be scared, like in that kind of situation. Like I don't scare easily, but I think with, with um, <clears throat> you know, being in the dark and being in these spooky places, I think I'd get caught up. So I think it would be a lot of fun. Awesome. What, what haunted places were you going to hit up in New York State? I'll be honest, I don't remember now. <laughs> we had a list. Uh, so I went online and I was like, just kind of looking like through Reddit and stuff. And there's like lists that you can look at that are like, oh, you know, most haunted places per area. And I know Canada has a lot of them, but driving across Canada is um, exhausting. We did it last year. And so I think we would, if we did it, we'd stick to just Ontario because even just driving through Ontario, it takes a very long time to get through because our country is enormous, but um, like spaced out wise uh, between, you know, towns and stuff. 
but yeah, we just kind of uh, were looking online and going, okay, this sounds spooky. This sounds cool. Um, it was a lot of just kind of like abandoned places. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Have you ever been to any supposedly haunted places in Canada? Um, yeah, I, so we have, um, nothing really, uh, big. There's like a, a couple of restaurants, um, in Mississauga. Mississauga is supposed to be terribly haunted. Um, <laughs> but I, incidentally, a lot of these places tend to also be businesses. So I'm a little bit suspicious of that. Uh, so we have like the keg mansion, um, apparently that's haunted uh a couple places in toronto like um old city hall uh which is actually they filmed uh some films there um the uh what is it called uh oh my goodness uh resident evil that oh. i think it's the second or third one was filmed there um yeah there's just uh i'm trying to think it's been a long time yeah, just just a couple like churches and things like that. There's there was a church that we used to go to. There's like a graveyard. This is when I was maybe like nineteen. Um, uh, just a church on the hill, and uh, it just has a lot of older stones. And we thought it was haunted. It's probably not, but um, it's a little bit spooky at night because you get to go and look at like the older uh, older tombstones and stuff. But no, I don't think anything's we don't really have anything terribly exciting here. Sounds like you have some spooky cemeteries. Cemeteries are always spooky, so. Yeah, yeah. Especially at night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're beautiful, and I, I, I feel like if there is ghosts, like if I were a ghost, I would be very upset if I had to spend my entire afterlife in a cemetery. Like, I'd much rather haunt a house or something or, you know, like like a shopping mall, like somewhere, maybe a forest would be cool. But um, yeah, just kind of stuck in, in the place where your, uh, where your body is or your bones, like it's a bit boring. Um, but they're beautiful. Like they, we, we have some nice cemeteries. So I think, uh, I think they're worth visiting just for that. So I know you said you think Ed and Lorraine Warren are frauds. So how do you feel about the Conjuring movies? Can you get past them being frauds and enjoy them still? So um, I will say that I went into the Conjuring movies um, not like with an open mind. I was very excited to watch them because I really like haunted stuff. Um, but uh, I didn't find the movies that scary. Uh, and I was fine with with the Ed and Lorraine um, portrayal. I thought, of course, they're they're portrayed in a very positive light, and I knew that was going to be the case, and that's fine. I I was I'm able to separate like the the fact from um, the fictional portrayals, um, but I didn't really like those movies. Like I know you ask um, about unpopular opinions when it comes to movies, and and that's mine. Is I don't like the the Conjuring universe. I don't like the James Wan movies. I just don't. I, they have moments where they can startle you, but I, I'm not, I don't really like them that much. Okay. That's valid. Good. Cross that question off. <laughs> so while we're recording this, we're li currently living through the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, have you watched any pandemic movies uh, during this time? So I wanted to avoid doing that because number one, I'm not a huge fan of, um, pandemic movies or viral movies things like that with one exception 
Um, I will say Pontypool. I highly recommend Pontypool um, because even though it falls under like viral slash zombie film, um, I I find it's uh, it's it, it's not a viral slash zombie film. Like that's not all it is. Is um, there's there's a lot more going on in it. I find it very clever. I also like that the Canadian content aspect, <laughs> um, and it's just a really unique uh, take on the genre. <clears throat> but um, my partner did force me to watch Contagion <laughs> because everybody was watching Contagion. And it just really um, made me feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> was it your first time? Yeah, I have never seen it. Hmm. So I was like, I don't like this movie. <laughs> this movie is just, because again, being uh, considered an essential worker, um, there's the scene in the film where um, they're giving out uh, uh, um, supplies from the truck and everybody starts storming uh, um, the supplies. And it's so unfortunately very accurate to how people were behaving at the time because uh, this was back in, I think, April or March. Uh, no, I think it was Mar uh, April we watched it. And here, um, that was when we first started doing, we, we never did a true lockdown but um, we keep doing just sort of um, uh, closing down most things. Uh, but people really panicked and they started um, hoarding like toilet paper and, you know, pastas and things like that. And working in um, the grocery store environment, even though I work in the back um, in production, I, I still see what goes on out in the front. And I was seeing the way that people were behaving. And so watching this movie was just kind of confirming like, oh, this is going to get worse potentially. And I'm trying to be very positive about it. And it's like, I don't want to think that this is the way that things are going to go because I have a lot more faith in humanity than maybe I should. But um, the movie just seemed really bleak to me and I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was well done. It just... So I told him no more of, of these virus movies. You, you watch them yourself. I'm going to watch something fun. So I'm assuming your partner likes horror movies? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, he does. Um, we don't always like the same horror movies, but he used to be a little bit... Um, he's the kind of person, not anymore, but he used to be the kind of person where he would... Um, oh, I have to get up and get a drink or I have to check my phone. Like he, he, I don't know. I don't think he was necessarily scared, but he's like, I don't want to deal with the jump scare. So I'm going to like get up and walk away. Whereas I'm like, no, sit down, turn off all the lights, you know, tunnel vision. We're watching this. And, and like, I want to watch you be afraid, which is more <laughs> fun than watching the movie. <laughs> but he's got a lot better over the years. Um, and uh, so now, um, you know, when we sit down to watch something, uh, he's like, I'm like, he's like, okay, I know you want to watch a horror movie. Like, it's just, he doesn't even ask me, what do you want to watch? It's what horror movie do you want to watch now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it is with my boyfriend and I now, but my boyfriend doesn't really like horror movies that much. So he's always like, oh God, what are we watching this weekend? <laughs> Does he, is he afraid of them or he's just not into them? Um, no, he's just not into them, though we've watched a ton. He likes, okay. he likes some of them, but I don't know. It's not what he, he would choose to watch, like, a comic book movie. 
Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Those are, I like comic books more than I like comic book movies. (laughs) They're, they're a lot of the same over and over again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When I used to go, I would just go see the comic book movies by myself before I met uh, my boyfriend, just because I was like, well, I've seen the others, so I should go see this. Um, And I would be like, this feels the same as the other one, because I know that guy's going to die. So yeah, um, like everybody was crying over the last uh, Avengers movie and it's, oh, you know, you're going to just be beside yourself with grief. And so I'm like, okay. So I sat down and I watched it and I was like, I don't know, this is fine, I guess. <laughs> like I just, I'm like, am I dead inside? Because I feel nothing for these people. <laughs> So what would you say your favorite genre of horror movie is? Favorite genre? Ooh, uh, psychological horror, for sure. Oh. Yeah, for sure. I really like, uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to say, like, also, um, so psychological horror for me also encompasses, like, haunted and possession movies as well. I think they kind of maybe go together a lot of the times because I really enjoy movies where you're not sure what's happening um, in the film. So when you have an unreliable narrator, I'm trying to think of a good example of one, but I don't want to give any spoilers. So maybe not. Um, where, uh, where a character, where the character is, you know, perhaps feeling like um, there's something supernatural going on and you're not sure if um, they're just mad or if there is truly, you know, something happening or if they're just being gaslit by you know um, a group of uh <laughs> witches in <laughs> in an old building <laughs> sorry I'm clearly referencing Rosemary's Baby <laughs> or yeah. I was gonna say um Shutter Island is maybe another example of that I haven't seen that one. Oh, yeah that's that's a blind spot for me I I have a feeling I'll like it but I've just yeah. never seen it it's definitely psychological horror I don't know where okay. you stream it right now but um it's definitely very good okay. um, i will have to find that one <laughs> so what's your opinion on why horror movie fans are handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans so i think that goes again back to my answer about um why uh perfectly reasonable seeming people uh enjoy horror is because again we've seen that the worst possible things can happen and we can get through them. And I think, I, I think uh, just sort of um, having that outlook and that mentality really helps uh, to get through situations like this where it seems like, you know, the, the end is <laughs> so far away or non-existent. You know, you start feeling like, oh, this is never ending. And, you know, this year alone is going too fast, but also dragging forever and, you know, there, there's, uh, we have to wait so long for not, not necessarily like everybody to get a vaccine, but for people to just start behaving. And I think just uh, reminding yourself that, okay, shit is terrible, but we can get through it because, you know, like Nev Campbell and Scream can get through it, you know? So it's, it's very motivating. I think, I think that's why we're handling it better. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I think most people have been saying, well, there's no one trying to kill me. I just have to stay home. Yeah, I mean, it could be worse, right? We all expected zombies and, um, you know, it hasn't happened yet. Like the year is not over, but I'm pretty confident (laughs) that it's not going to happen. 
<laughs> yeah. So you said before that haunted house movies scare you. So I have to ask, what's your favorite haunted house movie? So it's going to be uh, the uh, original um, haunting of Hill House, um, the one from the 1960s, uh, based on the Shirley Jackson novel. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best one. I I did not enjoy the remake from the 90s at all. <laughs> Most people did. <laughs> I'm not offended. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, and not even like terrible enough to be fun. It's just bad. Uh, and I liked um, the series until the last episode. And I know that's a little bit, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, I, I know a lot of people would disagree with me. Uh, but I just, the, the ending of that was a little more hopeful than I wanted it it to be and not because I really like bleak endings which I I do but um I just liked the the ending of the original film a lot better um and I thought they that they were going to go in a little bit uh of a closer direction to that so but I highly recommend that it's a little bit of a slow burn but it's fantastic awesome yeah I definitely need to find the 1960s version and watch that because I have not Mm -hmm. seen that yet um, have you read the novel by Shirley Jackson? I have not. I have it too. Like I, d- I have it on my tablet and I just haven't gotten around to it. I'm having a hard time focusing on reading this year. Um, I have <laughs> I so many why. books. It, right? <laughs> There's nothing that's like on my mind <laughs> distracting me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's sitting there on my tablet, like just waiting to be read. Um, I did read uh, for the first time, even though I've seen the films, um, Earlier in the year, I read uh, uh, Ira Levin's Rosemary's Baby and um, Stepford Wives. And I really liked those because I've seen those films and I love those films, um, but I had never read the books. Um, So I really enjoyed those. Uh, You really don't, like if you've read the books, you don't need to see the movie and vice versa because it's really exactly the same. But yeah, I think that's like the last thing that I was able to focus on reading. Uh, I need to go back and rewatch Rosemary's Baby because I watched it years ago and I I didn't really get what they were trying to do. And I found it a little bit boring, but I think having listened to some, co- to some commentary on it, I might appreciate it more, the gaslighting and everything. So I find the older I, I get as a woman, the more I appreciate that movie, <laughs> the more it, it makes me angry. So how do you decide what to watch when you're looking for a horror movie to watch? Ooh, okay. So usually it's a bit of a fight uh, (laughs) because we'll sit down in front of the streaming services and kind of go back and forth between them. And um, I'll say, oh, let's watch this. And then my partner's like, no, let's watch this. And that goes on for about an hour and a half. Um, But if uh, if it's totally up to me, um, it depends on my mood. So if I'm having like a really rough day, then I want to watch something... um, fun so i'll pick like um slumber party massacre or something like something that's like super fun super cheesy um enjoyable um but yeah usually um i'm trying to check off a list i have a massive list of movies i'm trying to get through we all so yeah and i mean this year i've been pretty good uh i think uh during the 31 days of um 
Halloween, I did really well in, in watching a lot of newer movies. So that's been the goal is to just kind of cross off everything off the list. And last year I did, um, I was trying to get through uh, a lot of the expressionist films um, from like the Weimar period, uh, like silent, silent films. Um, but a lot of those you can't find. <laughs> so I got through as many as, of those as I could find. Um, so yeah, I tend to pick like a, like a theme that I want to, um, I want to go through. So I'm like, okay, this week I'm going to watch like 1960s witch movies and then I'll watch a bunch of those. And so it's just kind of crossing off like my list of, of, of things that have been either recommended to me or I've heard on podcasts or, you know, or, or just like this massive backlog of movies. What are you concentrating on this week? So this week we're doing a lot of like holiday stuff. Oh, cool. Um, so we were trying to do holiday horror, um, which is, uh, <laughs> we unfortunately decided that the thing is not holiday horror. It's just winter horror. So that was a bit disappointing for me. <laughs> um, we, so we're trying to watch, um, you know, uh, oh, we watched this terrible movie. I couldn't even finish it. <laughs> uh, it was um, with Malcolm McDowell, um, who I normally really like. It was called uh, oh, Silent Night, I think. Okay. Because uh, we were looking for Silent Night, Deadly Night, and you can only find, unless you want to pay for it, to buy it uh, on the streaming services that we have, you can only get like the second, third, fourth, and fifth, which I didn't even know existed. Um, but they're terrible. So we were looking for that, and then the Malcolm McDowell movie came up, and we're like, okay, this is technically, it's a Santa going around killing people, right? So we're like, this is holiday horror. So... Uh, we're trying to get through like that sort of stuff and we've seen a lot of them already but I really like Halloween and Christmas are my two favorite holidays so when you put the two things together it's the best yeah okay um, million dollar question is the nightmare before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie okay so it's both um, and I say this beca because I have to uh, because we did not include it in the 31 days of horror but we did watch it last week. Okay. So during our holiday, yeah. So we watched that and Home Alone in the same night. Nice. So I feel like they go together. Um, and my dog is named Zero after the movie. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> A few years back, I went to go see the music of Danny Elfman from Tim Burton movies performed by the New York Philharmonic at Lincoln Center. And they did, oh. they did like a segment of Nightmare Before Christmas and Danny Elfman came out and sang the, the Jack Skellington parts. So that was- Oh, that's amazing. That was, yeah, it was really cool. Danny um, Elfman is like the, the, the soundtrack of like my childhood in a lot of ways. Like every single like um, song that will make me have some sort of emotional reaction, I'm like, oh, what is this song? And then I look it up, I'm like, oh, yes, it's Danny Elfman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love him. So back when we were allowed to go to the movies, um, did you ever have any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? So um, I hear a lot of people talk about, like, these amazing experiences at, like, Alamo and stuff, or, like, you know, and I'm envious because I've never experienced that in a regular theater here. Uh, but I will say we have this thing called uh, Drunken Cinema here. And it's like this uh, small little thing that's been going on for years um, in Toronto. And it's super fun. And so they show um, 
older films generally, usually kind of campy films. And um, it's exactly what it sounds like, drunken cinema. You go, you drink, you play the drinking games that go along with the movie. And it's a whole theme. And so we went to see um, uh, two, two of the best experiences I had at that event were when we went to see um, A Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, that was so much fun. Nothing in particular exciting happened other than I won a shirt for <laughs> answering a, a question correctly during the trivia section. Um, so that was a bit of a highlight. Uh, I, I use it as a nightgown because it's enormous. <laughs> but it says never sleep again on it. So I think that's funny to use as a nightgown. Um, and then, uh, so Horrorama, it's a small convention that we have in Toronto. And they um, had uh, the convention. And then that evening, they at the Drunken Cinema, they played um, Return of the Living Dead because Linnea Quigley was a host, uh, uh, sorry, um, a guest at Horrorama. And so, and, and she plays the character of Trash in the film. And um, I got to meet her uh, there, and that was one of the best experiences of meeting a celebrity. Um, I've met a, f a few at like conventions and I have never had a bad experience, but she was so super cool. She was really laid back. She um, does animal rescue. Mm -hmm. So she was talking to me about like her rescue animals and showing me photos of her pets and stuff. And she, like we spent a good about 15, 20 minutes uh, just chatting. Like she was so laid back and signed some stuff, took a bunch of pictures. And so I think that was like the best experience I had. Oh, that's so cool. I still haven't seen Return of the Living Dead, but it, it's on my list. Oh yes, you have to watch it. It's, it's fun. Like don't go in expecting anything serious, but it's, I, I've heard some people say it's a bad movie, but it's, I'm going to argue that it's, it knows exactly what it is. It's like a reanimator kind of deal, right? Where it's, it's campy. It's supposed to be over the top. Um, so if you go in expecting that, you're going to have a blast. So what was the last movie that you saw in theaters uh, before COVID? Unfortunately, it was It Chapter 2, which again, I did not enjoy. Um, it was fine. But yeah, that, that was the last one I saw, which sucks because I wish I saw something better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what movie are you most upset that has been postponed this year due to COVID? Oh, Candyman, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I was very excited about Candyman. Candyman is one of my favorite movies from the 90s. I'm not big on 90s horror. Um, there's, a, there's a couple selections that I quite like, and that one I think is just so good. It holds up really well. It's beautiful, and Tony Todd is incredible. Um, and I like that uh, Nia DaCosta uh, and, uh, was continuing the story from the original. Um, it wasn't a, it was not a remake. It's not, um, it is its own film, but it's not separate. Like she's, she, there's the connecting thread, um, which I really like. And that little mini trailer was so good. Yeah. Just incredible. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm upset about that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am as well. I was really looking forward to seeing that, even though I only saw Candyman for the first time like earlier this year in like January, maybe. 
So what do you think of it? Oh, I really liked it. Um, I didn't think it was as scary as I had heard it was, but I still, I thought it was, it was really good. Yeah. I don't think it's scary. I think it's more, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's social commentary horror, right? Which is not usually terribly scary. Um, but I just, I think it's beautiful and well done in that soundtrack. Like, um, I am not going to lie. I have the, uh, like the iconic song on my running playlist. (laughs) And so when I'm running at night (laughs) and and in the fall when the leaves are everywhere and I'm listening to that, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. (laughs) Do you have any other horror soundtracks on your, on, in your music library? Oh, yeah. Oh yes, I do. Um, so I have uh, uh, music from Goblin, uh, so the film Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, uh, ooh, what else? I have uh, John Carpenter's, um, so I have his Lost Themes one and two, and then I also have um, <clears throat> just uh, some of the, the themes from different movies um, that he's done. I really like everything he does. I also have, what else? Oh, I'm trying to think now. Oh, I have the um, Nightmare on Elm Street song because oh. <laughs> I think it's really groovy. I like it. <laughs> you play it when you want to scare scare kids around you? Um, sure. <laughs> or when I'm doing dishes or like taking a walk. <laughs> I, think, I think it sounds really nice. <laughs> so... <laughs> So if you could remake or reimagine one horror movie, which would it be? Oh, I was thinking about this question too. And uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm not against remakes, but I feel like uh, a lot of the remakes have been terrible lately. Um, I haven't been happy with any of them. Uh, maybe, you know what? I don't know. No, I can't think of anything. I, I can't think because anything that's good enough to stand out in my mind it probably should be left alone. Um, I think uh, there's just too much uh, throwing CGI at stuff now. And uh, yeah, I don't want anybody to remake anything. (laughs) I just want them to leave it alone. (laughs) That is a totally reasonable answer. Well, thank you, Janai, so much for coming on. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet? Uh, sure. Um, so uh, I have I have Twitter, but I like never use it. So um, Instagram is probably the best place to find me. Um, so it's uh, Nizers underscore. That's all lowercase. So it's N A I Z Z E R S underscore. Um, and it's just a lot of like stuff about horror movies, running, vintage, and pictures of my dogs. So if if you like one eyed dogs, <laughs> check out my Instagram. <laughs> thank you for having me on the show yeah this was so much fun um i will see you around the horror virgin community soon yes absolutely all right take care that's it for this week's episode of who's there i hope you enjoyed my conversation with janai ho and thanks again to janai for coming on as always we'd really appreciate it if you could take a second to rate and review us on apple podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us thank you to everyone who's already left us a review we really appreciate it as it really helps people find us and we want to reach as many horror fans as possible as always you can follow us on twitter at Who's There Pod or on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. Or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at thewhosetherepod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and wear a mask. <laughs>